Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This is an early week. We have a Thursday night game against the also 0-3 New York Jets. We have a lot to talk about on this episode. We have a lot to talk about as far as our quarterback play, what kind of defense we're playing against. Uh, David is way too high for this episode. I'm way too drunk for this episode. You guys are going to really enjoy it. I hope you do. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Pregame Podcast. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. So here we All are. right. 0-3. Is this where we wanted to be, boys, at the uh, beginning of the season? No. Sad. No. We're all very sad. 0-3. Very sad. Nobody, nobody wants 0-3 to start the season. <laughs> it's literally nobody. the worst we could be. I mean, right. I mean, more people could be injured. I get, Fuck, I shouldn't say that at all. We cut this too. Wow. Are you kidding? Everything you say right now. No, is this cool. is true. There's no way. There's no way that we could have more injuries, injuries this fucking season. Like it's just, it, it's not possible. What are we at? Like sixty-two million dollars in uh, IR. Eighty-two. Eighty-two million in IR. Jeez. Yeah, it's fucking. It's almost ha- almost half of oh. our almost half of our salary cap is on the IR right now. I think that, it is for this year. True. It's well, sixty-two, but I mean, I'm looking at the signing bonuses too. Don't, I guess uh, I probably shouldn't be looking at that. Don't, don't strain yourself, David. I, listen, I'm fine. I don't know what you're talking about. I am an <laughs> active participant in this. So, podcast. as you guys are listening, as as you guys are listening to this podcast, um, we are doing this after the uh, Tuesday night beer bourbon Broncos no BS show. Uh, David is ripped as balls. Um, I've had one or two drinks, and Matt is stone cold sober. However. He's lighting up his first joint of the no, night. No, I assume no, his I'm first for later. For later, oh, okay. Oh, you after the podcast, because he's a professional. He's a professional, and he's going to keep yeah. it professional through this podcast. Also, he has to keep us in line somehow, and yeah. uh, that's how we're going to go through this. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at him. I'm seeing his face on camera right now. And this is going to be brilliant. Okay, none of this can be taken as legitimate information. Don't no, all right, so hey, we're here. We're here as the pregame podcast. Let's talk about pregame podcast. Let's, we're playing the New York Jets. The also 0-3 New York Jets on Thursday night. What are we going to do about these New York Jets? Are we going to beat them? How are we going to play them? What are we going to do? Let's start with let's start with in the trenches, which is where we love to start. What are we looking at in the trenches on our offensive side, offensive line? Oh man. Go ahead, David. All right. Well, I think that it's a good matchup for our offensive line relative to the last two weeks, especially. There was a lot of talent and a lot of blitzing in the both the Pittsburgh game and the Buccaneers game. Our, our, our guys were just overmatched, and it showed on a lot of plays. Individually, I think you saw guys winning assignments a lot. Lloyd Cushenberry probably the worst in terms of that. But overall, as a unit, just the blitzes were getting to the guy. It, the protections weren't being called out by the quarterbacks. And the offensive line weren't helping, um, not as much as they needed to be in order to win a game like that, right? Yeah, and I'll right. talk on the and, and, front. Whoa, easy, Jared. Okay. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm just. I was trying to defend Lloyd Cushenberry. He he took a shot at Lloyd Cushenberry. Oh, I yeah. want to defend Lloyd Cushenberry. And, and 
And honestly, they were blitzing a gap. They were blitzing a gap so many times. Listen, uh, that's so you have to defend Lloyd Christianberry. There's no way that he can he can pick up those as a rookie. No, No, you're right. It's a great point because like you know they saw what happened uh, with him against Pittsburgh, right? Where he just got you know demolished of the middle. He had a 37 grade. Yeah, on PFF, right? Just terrible. But the thing, like, listen, rookie center is a very difficult position to play as a rookie against a stout defense like that. They're going to take advantage, and they did in it one. Listen, he, he's a kid. He's going to grow. This was part of the growing pains, and the Bucks just recognized that, and they took advantage of it. And and you know what, Greg Williams with the Jets, he's a very heavy blitzing defensive coordinator as well. He likes to create if he likes to put pressure on, right? So he's going to probably try to do the same stuff. That, and part that, of it, yeah, and part of that lies on Pat Shermer to scheme around that and keep extra protection right. in the backfield to help on those A-gap blitzes. Yeah. And honestly, I think I think going into this game, our, our biggest issue is going to be Steve McClendon versus yeah. uh, Lloyd Cushenberry in the middle. Like I think I, as a nose tackle, they play a true nose tackle in, in McClendon, who is playing very well this season, honestly, compared to the rest of the defense. He's the highest rate, rated on PFF on the entire defense. So he's going to be – Lloyd Cushenberry is going to have his hands full with that. However, I think we're going to be able to – hopefully we can be able to scheme plan around that. Yeah. 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 No, that's a good point. I'm going to talk about the Broncos' defense-like line, right, on the other side of the trenches. Um, you know, we lost Jarrell Casey. Very sad. Very sad for the season. I was very much so, so. May he was already impactful in three games. So that's, that's a bummer. Replaced by Purcell. Um, <clears throat> Shelby Harris has been playing really well, really well. Honestly, he's he has a spot on the defense. One probably the the best player on the defense right now. So I think he's going to have an advantage against this line. That's you know I, the the two tackles Becton and Edoga, Edoga. I'm sorry if I mispronounce it, but they're pretty stout. And then the middle of the line, not so strong, right? With McGovern, we're familiar with McGovern. He used to play for the Broncos, uh, right. manning up the center spot. And I think that Shelby Harris, he's probably going to have a good game here. And, and as much as we can pick on Cushenberry, I think Harris is a player that, like, let's get hyped up for. Like, he's playing really well. And uh, with all these injuries, pressure's on him, right? So let him see what he can do. Yeah, yeah. I think a big one's going to be uh, Mecky Becton, the rookie, uh, against Bradley Chubb. Mackay? Mackay. Mackay Becton? Oh, yep, okay. He learns something new every day. Makai yeah. Becton uh, against the rookie Bradley, or uh, the rookie Makai Becton against Bradley Chubb. I think uh, I think Chubb's got his hands full this week oh, yeah. uh, at the at the tackle position, which is surprising. You know, we're talking about all these teams that we've played, and this is the one that's zero and three. It's you know across multiple platforms. You know, ESPN, CBS, Fox uh, Sports rated one of the worst teams in the league, but they have great tackles. They really do. Their tackles are playing very well. It's the inside of their line that's not playing super hot. Plus, Sam Darnold can't throw a ball to save mm-hmm. his life. And, and you know, it's it sucks. Absolutely. Mikai Becton, one thing that is pretty unique about him, he's six foot seven, about three hundred and seventy pounds. Like he is yep. massive. It's really hard to get around or push through him. So he has that size advantage. Um, and he's a rookie and he's playing really, really, really well, honestly. Uh, right. You know, especially as a pass blocker. So I think you're right, Bradley Chubb's gonna have his hands full. Whoever's lining up against Becton is probably not going to be very successful this weekend just because he is their best player on offense. Now, one thing to watch with him, he's got a shoulder injury, which is a tricky one for a tackle, especially Mm -hmm. with how much they have to bend move. And with a big guy like that who relies on, you know, a little bit of extra bend maybe to get where his speed can't, where his feet can't go, you know, maybe that's something to, to take advantage of, but I don't know that the Broncos have really anybody outside of the defensive backs as far as a speed rusher at this point. 
No, not really. It's, it's a lot of power rushers. Yeah. Um, I just yeah. want to bring it back to the, uh, the Broncos offensive line. We talked about McClendon, who is probably, you know, one of their best defensive players right now on the Jets. Uh, he's the nose tackle. So, <clears throat> you know, big body man, like lining up right in the middle of the field. Uh, he's going to be against Cushenberry for, you know, probably rundowns, uh, short yardage situations. Um, he's 6'3", 310. Anyway, he's just a really good player. Uh, when they're nickel, though, they like to run uh, a front without McClendon, just more speed guys. And right. they've got this guy, Franklin Myers, who, you know, he used to play for the Rams. Uh, I think he's somebody who's kind of coming out of nowhere in terms of production. Uh, PFF has him rated at 84.7, and he's going to be there on those passing downs. So Cushenberry is going to be facing two different styles of players uh, against two different situations. Like, you know, Franklin Myers, 6'4", 288, a lot leaner probably faster and quicker. So Cushenberry is not only going to get pressure from one player, but two, I expect. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a lot of different schemes played up just to take advantage of him because he's been a point of weakness for the Broncos line. And Greg Williams will be blitzing and pressuring up the middle right in his face to try to take advantage of that, you know? So how can Ripien, Ripin, Ripin, how can Ripin like counter that? That's, you know, it's a question I have, but... It's it's crazy too because you look at this and they play a very similar defense to the way that we do, right? They play that uh, that three four, which really ends up turning into a five two defense, yeah. right? With the outside linebackers being major league rushers for the most part, um, and their run defense is is better than their pass defense. Their their pass rush is not as good as their run defense. So we're gonna end up having to air the ball out. And now we're talking about a rookie, undrafted rookie playing uh, a, a second year, undrafted second year playing mm-hmm. um at, at quarterback and and the best option that we have against this defense when you're trying to game plan is the pass because they're yeah. defensive backs like look at their defensive back they're pretty not bad. that good pretty bad it's pretty yeah. bad and we have and we have the young guys not only just the young guys but we have the the talent at receiver yeah. we know we have the talent at receiver to be able to just destroy mm-hmm. uh their defensive backfield but are we going to be able to do that with a, a second year undrafted free agent you know, we never know. We absolutely never know. But I think what you were saying earlier, too, off off air, was about how they're going to simplify the offense for him significantly, right? He's going to be focused on one half of the field at a time, a lot of timing passes, a lot of, uh, like, you know, forcing guys open, easy stuff. That Shermer likes to run anyways, so I think he'll be okay. Um, the advantage, I think, that the Broncos might have is that there's not a lot of film on him. So how do you prepare against his tendencies, you know, the Jets might have to take a half to figure that out. But, you know, Greg Williams is an experienced coordinator. And, like, it's just, like, it sucks because our receivers are the advantage, and yet we don't have the person to deliver the ball necessarily. So it's – Right. Yeah, especially yeah. in such a winnable game. You know, this is a game that, like, we should win. So to be sort of at a disadvantage already uh, just based on personnel, is, uh, it's just heartbreaking. And this is such a game where you miss Drew Locke. You know, you really wanted to see what Drew Locke could have done with these guys, even with the injuries that we have had. You know, no Cortland Sutton, but K.J. Hamlin, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant with Locke out there. Just having seen what those guys can do, even in the limited, limited opportunities they've gotten with Jeff Driscoll, Mm. you know, it could have been something really special to watch against this Jets defense as it is. But It could have been a coming out game for him. And remember, like, uh, Locke has started four years in college. 
you know, he's got experience. He's, he looks comfortable in the pocket, in the huddle, and the way he talks to the press and the way he addresses his teammates. Like, starting it isn't new for him. So, you know, even though he's young in the NFL, he still has that experience. So to have him out here right now, especially with these young receivers, it would have been easier to transition with losing uh, Sutton. Yeah. And now it's right. like, where's the leadership on offense? Patrick, uh, uh, Philip Lindsay's hurt. You know, Melvin Gorn hasn't been there long enough. Bowles, is, his reputation is what it is. He's building it back. But on offense right now, like, you're relying on rookies. You know, yeah. <laughs> the team was Young. Yeah, first and or second years. Numbers. I mean, yeah. other than other than Melvin Gordon, it's all first and second years. And I, I got to think that Melvin Gordon's taking his hand in that and taking a stand and being like, hey, I'm the – I'm the guy that's been in this league long enough and yeah. knows how to be elite in this league because he has yeah. it, it been elite in this league. I mean, he was one of the top rushers for a couple of years before he had the issues over in uh, L.A., San mm-hmm. Diego slash L.A., before he got traded out to us. But um, he's got to be the one that has to step up. Yeah. We picked free agency. Yeah, yeah. free agency. Yeah, He's a veteran yeah. player who could and, – and Dotson. It's his first game, you know, as a starting uh, a tackle because right. Elijah Wilkins is going to IR, so it's great. And yeah. Dotson is – he's, <laughs> he's uh, you know, and he's 35 and he's – He's like instantly the most the you know, the most experienced guy exactly. on this offense by like a decade. He's Yeah, he's 10 years older than most of these players, right? So, you know, he's 12 years older than the center. Yeah. So you think about that, right? It's it's one of those weird things. But anyways, I mean, <clears throat> we'll have to see what happens with, with this offense. Um, the Jets are kind of a peculiar team, though, because like as much as we like to complain about Fangio and our roster and, and this and that, man, the Jets have such a shitty coaching squad. And like a head coach yes. that makes Fangio look fantastic. Like, you know, I think I, I like what Ayla said in the uh, our Tuesday night show when she said that, like, there's a lot of other teams that are 0-3 that have not been hit this hard with injuries, right? right. It, it, it's not that we're making excuses, but it's kind of like, well, you know, in, in perfect circumstances, we wouldn't be here, let's be honest. But Atlanta Jets should be 0-3. Did you say Atlanta? Yeah. You try yeah. to just slide me a, a little <laughs> in the middle of this thing? Or... I mean, I would have made it more, more clear, but I, I just couldn't wait any longer to say it. <laughs> God. Okay. We can talk about it. Let's save all that for the November 8th show because good lord. <laughs> oh, that's going to be anyway. some debacle. Ooh, anyways, yeah. Um, I, I think that, you know, this is just the situation we're in, but the Jets, man, are just garbage. Like, Adam Gase is a terrible head coach. He's ruining the franchise. Sam Darnold has talent, and he's driving him to the ground. Like, uh, you know, we need to beat this Jets team. Well, because let me ask. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so let me ask the question that I've been thinking since the other show ended. If we lose this game, are we the worst team in the NFL? Absolutely. No, no the Falcons are worse than Broncos. Wow, them. coming from a Falcons fan, I'm surprised <laughs> to hear that. But That's how, that's how heartbroken I am. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. If the Falcons lose another 25-point lead, then uh, then we can say that. But I honestly think oh, if we lose to the Jets, sixteen point lo- loss, like come on, man, they're worse than the Broncos. They are, but I think the Bro- well, we have all our starters too, and we're losing these fucking games. Like yeah. clearly yeah. worse than the Broncos. Clearly. Yeah. Well, but I if we do lose this game, I mean the Jets right now to me are the worst team in the NFL. I think they're oh, worse than oh, the yeah, Falcons. Well, so if we lose this game, uh, I it's hard for me to make a case. If if we lose, so, so game, yeah. <laughs> here's here's the issue, and it, and it goes back to again what you were saying that Ayla said on the Tuesday night show is that 
our injuries have been proven to be. Oh, I mean, and we're not talking. We're not talking like, oh, we have the most injuries in the league. We have the top caliber yeah. injuries of the league, and we we're talking about over almost, almost half of our salary cap. Like I said at the beginning, over almost half of our salary cap is in IR right now, and that is absolutely unreal. That is crazy to think that so much money, so much of our top players are in IR. We're literally playing the replacements game right now. Like we're talking about we're playing backups after backups after backups in all these places. And honestly, we're still staying in games. Other than the Tampa Bay game, which uh, the only game that we didn't have a chance in was the Tampa Bay game. The other two games, we had chances to win those games. Yeah, you're right. We had chances to win both Tennessee and Pittsburgh. Tampa Bay was the only one we didn't have a chance to win because they – they went up yeah. really far, really fast. But uh, honestly, we we are in a position with we're playing with replacements to actually be pretty decent. I don't think yeah. New York has that. They they have their full squad and still are not playing well. Yeah. And I I think we can go in there and play them with our replacements and show that we have a team that's that's ready to go. And even if it stays competitive, you're right, man. 14-16 against the Titans. That's just a field goal away. You know, that's a few bad plays. And we had and on that one we had a drive that we had a chance to to yeah. finish it off. We had a drop pass by yeah. Jerry Judy and that would have finished the game. And then Steelers 21-26 different story, <laughs> a lot of injuries, heartbreak, okay. Bucks, you're right. But again, again, even in the Bucks. Pittsburgh game, even in the Pittsburgh game, we had a, tr- a drive that yeah. we were going down to, and you know, just a four and out, like we had yeah. just a fourth down conversion that we couldn't convert, and it didn't work out for us. We we all both those games we had chances. Tampa Bay was the only one we didn't. If you can maintain that sort of competitiveness, and and you know, albeit production like against the Jets, even if we lose by a few points, with a third string quarterback in. With you know, without your your starting players across the board, like it's still a matter of like, okay, at least like, man, if we had the starters, it'd be a different story. But 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 still lost, still sucks. We don't want to see it. David, are you okay, man? You look like <laughs> no, I'm totally He's agreeing focused. with you. It's you know, focus. Yeah, yeah absolutely focused. <laughs> uh, I just, what do you guys think is the coaching matchup here? Um, oh, I and how do you think this team looked as far as being coached? <laughs> against Tampa Bay. I know we talked about it already, but in the post game podcast, but you know, does it look like this team is prepared to play these games right now? I think it's hard to prepare when your squad is changing so often. So frequently. Yeah. like, I think as a coach, man, it's like, well, you know, all these hours of practice and, and preparation with this one kid and drew lock and right. then boom, you have to go to the backup. Okay. Boom. You have to go to the third string, bring in another guy like Pat Shermer is like, you know, the, the QB coach is working with Bortles right now, trying to teach him as much as you can with the playbook while Shermer's trying to build an offensive game plan that's built around like the replacements, like Keanu Reeves is get a backup Bortles. <laughs> yeah. Right. <clears throat> Listen, it's <clears throat> at some point there's only so much you can do, especially that third string quarterback, you know, like I don't want to make excuses for them. I think that they are still being out coached. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason being that, you know, this is just a, a new offensive coordinator because the defense is still looking fine. Other than the, the, the Bucks game, like there's still some production on defense. It's still a, uh, I, what I saw, it was like, um, I shall confirm this to you right presently. Hold on a sec. Uh, defense overall, man. Uh, hold on. Where's number nine defense right now in the league. It's still a top yeah. 10 defense, right? And the yeah. offense is another story. But at the end of the day, man, like the defense is two years of continuity. The offense is brand new in this shitty offseason. So, like, what about the hours spent, you know, practicing your routes? The hours spent, the time, right. the hours spent, the getting to, you know, the players is gone, right? So now this year it's like it's all Fangio's fault. Yeah, you know, asterisks. 
Like, not really, but kind of. Because at the same time, so, you know, being uncoached. Ahead, so my, my thing is, is Pat Shermer, right? So Pat Shermer, first year in this program, you know, is with the New York Giants for a while. Uh, but I, I think the issue right now, the Vikings, he's been with a lot of teams. He's been in the league mm-hmm. for a while. My, my problem right now is that the only issue that I had, it wasn't the play calls. Honestly, it, when I was watching the game, I was like, wow, that was a really good play call. Terribly executed. Yeah. Right. There were certain times people missed their block. And like and in football, and you know, anybody that's anybody out there that's either played at, at a higher level understands that one missed assignment could be the end of a play. And that's and that's what it comes down to. And as a coach, you have to understand that. And when you're going into it, you 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 can game plan to everybody does their job and the play is a touchdown every time. Every time the play is a touchdown if everybody does their job. But you can't expect certain people, you know, a missed a missed block here, a missed um, you know, miss throw there, uh, drop <clears throat> pass here. You you can't expect that. So I think he's playing. He's calling the same game plan. What my issue right now, specifically with Pat Shermer, is the pass protection. He's mm-hmm. not getting enough people back there to be able to help protect his quarterback. He's still playing that spread offense where you have five. Well, that that game against the, against the Bucks, man, Vanette and uh, Albert O were both out, so he didn't have any right. Ends he pulled guys to come in. And that's that was my problem. Like even before the game, when when I saw that injury, and it was a healthy yeah. scratches for two of our top blocking tight ends right, against right, one of the top right, right, right. defenses oh, in the right, league. Yeah, yeah one of the, against one, one of the yeah. top defenses in the league, and you're telling me you're, both of our top passing tight ends you know, are going to be pulled out of the healthy scratch. The two blocking tight ends, but it could have been the fact that it's Driscoll playing and not Locke. Like you have to change the game plan. You know, can Driscoll run the two tight end offense and the three receiver offense and the spread offense you know there's only certain things this guy can probably do so he has to pick and choose you're right but I, I do agree that it was probably the the wrong call because i think they needed those extra blockers especially they needed the, the extra protection absolutely, absolutely agree well, to that one and what i'll also say is i think the move to rip in, in the fourth quarter shows a coaching staff still looking for answers yeah. like yeah. you know just not knowing you know obviously the injuries have really messed up what they wanted to do this season but they're still kind of looking for what to do next. And you know, the games I, I, just keep coming. And I'm thinking that that change at the fourth quarter was like, okay, we're not going to win this. Let's just try out. Let's see what Rippon can do. Let's see if he can maybe play the next game because Driscoll's clearly shit. Right. Let's see if we need to actually get Bortles involved. Like it's more of a little tryout. And I think he proved that, okay, well, it's, it's Rippon next time. And it, um, the Jets are going to be the easiest test you've got. Like, on on know, a Thursday you know. night, though, across it's a the tough country. match. Yeah, absolutely. But you're, you know, it's big boy football. Do you remember a few? Uh, was it last year, two years ago, when the uh, the Broncos played the Colts uh, on Thursday night, and it was with either Osweiler or, or Simeon at QB, and like they just lit up the Colts, man. Like big win yep. Thursday night. It was those color rush <laughs> uniforms. Like, yeah, maybe we're right. Gonna and have it was one of these games. That'd be really. I, nice, I'm telling you. And I, I was telling you, I, I think one of my, I, you know, I'm super optimistic and I would like to see, I want to see uh, Rippon go out there and just destroy the, the Jets and then follow on and destroy New England oh, and have on. this issue issue and have this issue. No, I, I want to see him. I want to see him throw for 300 yards and three, three to four touchdowns against New England after, after the Jets you and hold, see what happens. Hold on. Hold on. You want to see Rippon throw how much? 300 yards. And how many touchdowns? Three to four against the New three, England Patriots four. defense. Against the New England Patriots defense. 
Okay, I, did you have the weed cookie or did David have the weed cookie? <laughs> I mean, no. that is not going to happen, Jared. I just I, look. We have the talent at receiver. No, against the Patriots defense, though, this is not going up yes. against the fucking Jets. This is going up against one of the greatest defensive-minded and greatest defensively coached team. Why, are, last... we, why you... are we even talking this much about the Patriots? <laughs> why are we? You're right. All right, well, yeah. let's focus on the New York. Offense. We'll focus on the Jets. He can Good put up three, 300 yards and three touchdowns against next the Jets, week. No problem against the Pats. You're right. Though. You're right. Next week, we'll talk about that next week. Follow us. Uh, make sure you subscribe to hear us <laughs> next week. I swear to God, if you see uh, 300 yards and three touchdowns on uh, Brett Rippon anywhere, you bet the under. You bet yeah, it hard. Yeah. You bet it. He's going to rage he'll tear you the bet under. Who on uh, which player? What's a player on this Broncos offense that you think we should be looking out for this week? Who might be a strong contributor? Or Gotta might surprise no. you? Oh, okay. Well, not surprised, but no, I, of- just anything. You know, what's a player that stands out? No offense is is the kind of the obvious answer that I'm sure I'm taking from at least one of you, uh, but I don't like the matchup for the Jets with these linebackers against him. I don't like the matchup with Bradley McDougal at safety against him. Uh, it could be a pretty good day if they can get the ball to him, even as much. And they tried; they targeted him a lot more this last week. Uh, you know, it, the, we can talk about the quarterback play for another hour and a half and get nowhere, but. Um, yeah, th- so if they can get in the ball in a little bit more space this week, I think he can do a lot more against this backfield defensively for the Jets than he was able to do against the Buccaneers. Good pick, Jared. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, just to add on to that, I think Fant did pretty well against the Buccaneers. I think he actually got a few. Out of, there was a couple few. at the very end. There was a very yeah. end. He had a couple drops that were like, come on, man. Like, you have to catch those. But uh, for the for the most part, I think once he got into open field against the Buccaneers, he was actually doing pretty well. So I, I like that pick. I think I think for me, I want to look at their tackles. And I could look at either uh, the Proven, who's actually been proven to play very well so far this year against very, very tough um, outside linebackers slash ends, um, is Garrett Bowles. And Garrett Bowles has played very well this year. He's He hasn't had a... I don't think he's had a single holding call because everybody else would... You know, he's had two. Oh, okay. One I'm surprised. Each, one I'm surprised. The last two weeks. Yeah, but honestly, honestly, for the most part, he's been playing very, very well. He's actually held, uh, for lack of a better term, not physically held, but held a lot of the uh, outside linebackers, the, the edge rushers uh, at bay. Um, you know, our, our middle has been really tough, but I think Garrett Bowles is going to be having a heyday. I think he's going to be able to control anybody who has uh, rushing on the edge, whether it be Jenkins or Basham. Basham. Good pick. Good pick. I'm taking uh, Tim Patrick. I think last week he had a good game. Uh, I think he's uh, he's another veteran presence on this team. He's one of the older receivers, and um, quite simply, I think that his this is a game where he can step up, he can score, he can move the ball around, and and the Broncos really really need him uh, to do so just because he's a bit older and he's been in the system for a bit. Um, so let's look at the Jets' defense. Well, hold on. I want to yeah. I want to talk about that real quick. So Tim Patrick, everybody knows I've been high on Tim Patrick for. Last couple of years, I really liked him, Patrick. He's a San Diego, um, grew up in San Diego, played high school here. Um, but he, he's he been somebody that has been stepping up. I think in the absence of Cortland Sutton, and we're talking about someone that need to step up in Cortland Sutton's shoes, he's the one that stepped up. And not mm-hmm. so much in the aspect of like fantasy, right? He's not catching, no, you know, no, no. seven balls for 150 yards. But as far as pulling safeties, as far as pulling off yeah. linebackers, falling, pulling, he's doing a very good job of finding himself 
in a particular situation that he can help the team. And I, I'm super proud of him. I think he's doing a very good job and super underrated as a wide receiver. Absolutely. He's really stepped up. Yeah, good point. Um, okay, so Jets defense, who's a player we need to watch out for? I mean, there's not, probably not going to be many. But who's a player uh, that kind of stands out to you? It's like, yeah, he might be a troublemaker. Yeah. So I mentioned this on the uh, the Tuesday night show, but Steve McClendon is going to be our issue. Steve McClendon against yeah. Lloyd Cushenberry in the middle. Steve McClendon is our nose ta- the nose tackle for the Jets. Um, when when they go in that you know that three four uh, defense, but he's going to be an issue. He's he's an, he's somebody that can can rip through. He's a great run stopper, and in a situation where we have a you know undrafted second year guy who's never played a snap, never started a snap in the NFL, uh, we're going to have to rely heavily on the run game. So I think McClendon's going to be an issue for us, and that's something that we're going to have to stop. Cool. David? Boy, I, you know, it's, it's kind of tough. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing our, our defensive backfield against these receivers. Braxton Berrios is kind of a guy who you didn't really expect much of just because he's, you oh, know. Well, hold on. Hold on. Chill yeah. out. The Jets defense. Jets defense, yeah. Defense. I bet there. We'll switch over to the Broncos yeah. defense next, but we just want to. That's fantastic. One step at yeah. a time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, Jonathan Franklin Myers is another guy on the defensive line that is really interesting <laughs> to me. Uh, he's the yeah. We like ten minutes ago, it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> we fantastic. did talk about him. Matt talked oh, about him. Oh my god! Oh, this is the worst podcast in the history of all podcasts. <laughs> all right, so thanks, David. That's great. Thank you. Um, yeah. I'm going to pick Marcus May. Just because uh, he's somebody that I think can play games with Rippon. He's somebody who can like kind of sway his vision one way and then jump the other one. Uh, since they lost Jamal Adams, this, this Jets defense has just been garbage. And Marcus May is a player who, uh, you know, I think is still very talented. And, uh, you know, he, he can have an impact on this team, especially from the backfield. Um, so, David, since he was prepared quite a, a while ago, what about this Broncos defense? Who's Hold a Broncos on, I, I just, player? Oh, on the, on the May issue, before we go to David, on the May, uh, Marcus May, remember, they use him as blitzing a lot. Yeah, they do that yeah, They do that safety the blitz. I, yeah. I've noticed, I was watching a little bit of film, and, and the Jets use Marcus May as a safety blitz a that, lot. That, that, that's um, uh, Greg Williams' style, man, just blitzes from everywhere, right? So that's right. a great point about May. He's going to be in the backfield. He's going to come off, off the edge and, and test the, the tackles. I think we'll um, see absolutely. that. Probably with Bradley McDougal too, you know the yeah. guy they brought over from both the guys. Seahawks trade from that for Jamal Adams. I oh, think yeah. they're going to see, yeah, a lot of that blitzing from both of those guys. All right, David, absolutely. Who do you have for the Broncos defense. Since you were just so prepared for it earlier, you were prepared, prepared for, for it. it. Yeah, I'm very excited <laughs> to talk about the Broncos. Uh, Broncos Who's a player here. that stands out. Well, so I think that Justin Simmons is a guy. You know, we were talking about his inconsistency a little bit in the Tuesday night show. Um, I would really look for him to step forward in a big way in this game, just because you you know you've got a Michael Ojemudia there, who's a really interesting matchup this week against this Jets wide receiver core, who is Braxton Berrios and you know a whole lot of not much. You know, there's some warm <laughs> bodies in there. Let's put it that way. Um, you got Chris Hogan, Chris yeah, Hogan, and then right. Berrios. Right, yeah, and so you've got a, a bunch of slot receivers, and that actually, you know, it's the kind of game that Bryce Callahan should have a really good game. Um, but in, in the defensive backfield in general is a good matchup, but I think Justin Simmons against Sam Darnold is is a matchup we should win a lot. Yeah, good pick. Jared, how about you? 
So I'm, I'm interested in Shelby Harris. I think Shelby Harris has got to have a big game. He's had a lot of very good games, but I think with the uh, absence of Jarrell Casey this week, uh, slash the, probably the rest of the year, he, he got put on the IR. Um, well, he's going to have to have a big game. He's going to have to show that it was worth grabbing him back. You know, we let him test free agency. He went out to test free agency. We gave him a little bit and said, hey, stay here for us. And I think this is his chance to prove that he deserves the money. And I think he does. I think he's one of those, um, you know, he's one of those defensive linemen that they could really deserve the money. And he's been proving it so far this season. And I think he needs to prove it a little bit more now without the with the absence of Jarrell Casey. Because, again, they have a backup running back. Frank Gore isn't. Uh, you know he's a he's a backup caliber just because he's old as shit. I think like he's older than we are. Years, and yeah, uh, like thirty seven years old, old like yeah. So he's uh, but he's still he's still a good running back, and he's going to yeah. have to be able to control that, and he's going to have to be that leader on that defensive line um, to be able to step up. And I, that's that's what I'm looking at. I want to see what he does with the absence of Darrell Casey. Yeah, no, that's uh, <clears throat> that's a good pick. I'm picking Ojemudia. Uh, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's had a drop pick in all three games so far. Like, he's getting yes. his hands on the ball. Man, I'm saying this and he's game, in he's great position. His exactly. positioning is great. And he's right there. He's just, he, he's, he just needs to go over that little hump. But, like, I'm saying this game is the game where he gets that pick. I think Sam Darnold is just prone to doing these uh, these kind of passes. So I think Ojemudia steps up, especially against this receiving core, um, and he gets that first pick. I think it'd be pretty cool. So speaking of Frank Gore, um, who's a player on this uh, Jets offense that, you know, could be worrisome? Um, I'll start here just to give David more time to get his bearings. But I like that you brought up <laughs> the uh, Jets Frank, offense, the Jets offense, if there is such a thing. Um, I like that you brought up Frank Gore. I'm going to steal that from you because, you know, Frank Gore is 37 years old. Um, he's still playing oddly, like surprisingly well. He's got a 63.5 offensive grade. Um, his best year came in 2018 and 2012. Like the man's got a lot of experience. Um, he's not done yet. And I think he's still got that power back mentality. And with our sort of depleted defensive line, I think he's somebody that, you know, could have a bit of an advantage, especially on the edges. If we're running it, you know, if he's running behind Becton or Adoga, against Chiquilo and Atauchu and Chubb even isn't really been impressive. Like I think that, you know, Gore and Balaj might have uh, a bit of an easy time going around that corner. So, you know, I- I'm picking Frank Gore just, just cause, you know, give respect to this old guy, but uh, how about you, Jared? So uh, you guys correct this. Uh, it's Mackay Becton. Mackay, correct. Mackay Becton. So I want to, I want to see not so much uh, someone that's going to give us issues, but a, a matchup that I'm looking at and a matchup that I'm going to be looking at really, really closely is Mackay Becton versus uh, Bradley Chubb. And I think that that's going to be the, the, probably the difference maker, because if you can run, like you were saying, Matt, if you can run Frank Gore behind Mackay Becton all day, they're going to continue doing that. And that's, that's what they're going to do. And that's the smart play. So I want to see this Mackay Becton versus Bradley Chubb. Obviously on the other side, you have a Doga versus a, a Tashu. So like, that's going to be something to look out for, but you have uh, Shelby Harris on that side too. So you have a little bit of help in the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, the outside runs is gonna what's is what's gonna be interesting. But like you said, Frank Gore is a he's a power he's a power runner. He's not a yeah. speed guy. He's not gonna be able to get to the outside. So this is gonna be one of those interesting games where as long as we control the inside, we'll be exactly. fine. But that Mackay Be- uh, Becton and Bradley Chubb that matchup is gonna be what I'm looking for. Cool. Yeah. Evan? Um, I'm I'm a little I'm still concerned about the tight end. You know, we talked about it on last week's show. 
uh, are, are the tight ends of the Buccaneers against this team. And what did we see? OJ Howard and Rob Gronkowski both had kind of big days. Uh, yes. So even Chris Herndon, a guy who I don't think is anybody special, and his PFF grades back that assertion up. You know, if he can get open, if he can get loose, you know, anything could happen against this backfield. I'm not really sure what what could happen. Uh, so I'm a little concerned about that. We'll see. Um, I like our chances better against it because it's Chris Herndon and it's the Jets. And, you know, Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons should be able to get that locked down. But we've been saying that, you know, every week now, we, we think that's a good enough safety tandem to go against pretty much anyone in the league. And they're just not showing that on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, that's a great point. Okay, so what score predictions for this game? Who do you got? I said uh, in the uh, in the Tuesday night show, I said twenty to seventeen Broncos. I think I'm going to stick with that. Uh, right, maybe that's probably a little bit high scoring, more no, high scoring than it's going to be. But you're a little uh, bit high right now, so that's okay. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Jared. Super high. Uh, so I, I also Tuesday night show. Uh, I went seventeen ten. I think this is going to be a very low scoring game. Both yep. defenses have. A lot to prove. Uh, our defense is good. Our offense is bad. And I think their defensive being bad is going to make up for our, uh, you know, offense being bad as well. So I think this is going to be a very low scoring game. 17-10 Broncos. I think we do win. Uh, I think it's going to be very scary towards the end. But I, I think we do win this game. Uh, we, we need a win. Honestly, as, as Broncos country, we need a win. And I think this is where we get it. Yeah, yeah, we definitely need to win. I'm going. Uh, I'm picking the Broncos to win, which is the first time this year, and I'm picking uh, Broncos to score 13 points and the Jets to score seven. Now, I yeah, you think, think it's low too. Sorry, seven. What's that? Nine. I'm thinking 13 to nine. Um, I think it's very low scoring. I think Ripian gets us the one touchdown we need, and then the rest is some field goals, moving the ball around, a lot of incompletes, a lot of frustrations. Like Jared's a little bit scared at the end because. You know, Sam Darnold maybe moves the ball down, but um, ultimately, I just don't think that either, you know, either teams are really going to put up fireworks. This may be the worst Thursday night game <laughs> in a long time. Um, so anyways, yeah, I, I do still think the Broncos have a good chance to win this. And we all do. So that's pretty cool. Um, any last thoughts here about this game? Any else? Anything else you want to vent about? Um, David, uh, what planet are you on? You know, let's let's just kind of close this off on a on a high note here. I'm just trying uh, to think about uh, there any note. topics that we already covered before that I should just start talking about again. Okay, while well, you ponder on that, Jared, okay. what are your last thoughts? Yes, yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, this game is going to be interesting. Uh, this is the first game that we're favored in, and this is probably one of three or four games. I forget the numbers uh, that we're favored in this year. Uh, which is is rough. We have a about half of our salary cap in in the IR right now, and that's tough. That's an interesting situation. We have to keep looking forward. Um, I I think my most biggest frustration isn't with the Broncos team; it's with uh, Broncos country. And and I, I love Broncos country, and I, I enjoy you guys watching. I enjoy you guys listening. But I think uh, the majority that I've seen, especially on social media, has been very negative towards the Broncos. Obviously we're 0 and 3. I get it. I understand, but you have to understand and you have to see the 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 young talent that we have and and the backups that we're playing. We we have been in like I've mentioned earlier in the podcast. We have been in these games. It's not like we're getting blown out every single game. The Tampa Bay game, 
yeah, we didn't really have a chance, but the other two games, we had a really good chance of winning those games. And I think that's that's what I want to look forward to. And if this New York Jets team, if we can beat them with our, like we were talking about the replacements, if we can beat them with the replacements, we can beat so many teams with our starting guys. And I think that's something that we need to look forward to. We win this game, we go on to New England, and then focus on the next episode, because this next episode... Yeah. Yep, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about it next episode, but New England is going to be a different game, and oh Matt's boy. gonna pick the, against the Broncos. But I, uh, I, I, oh I see boy. us winning this game, having a lot of uh, energy moving forward, and then that New England game is not gonna be a blowout like a lot of people think they, that it is. Let, let's win the Jets game first. Yeah, let's let's win up. the Jets game first. David, yeah. Any last words? I mean, God, I hope we win this game. Like this is this is the best chance in the in a while. You know, like I, I get it. It's nice to be optimistic about the Patriot our chances against the Patriots, but <laughs> George is overly optimistic, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, look, yeah, mathematically, I'm, right now, we're yeah, not I'm, mathematically I, eliminated. I that knew, is my that's my catch line. Three, I was waiting for those three <laughs> words. Um, I guess we're not, but mathematically eliminated. That's four yeah, words. yeah. I guess my all my final thoughts is beat the Jets first, like. Yeah, do that and the Jets first. Yeah, we'll talk then. Yeah, um, I really don't have anything else to say, boys. I think it's uh, it's been said. Um, let's try to get this win on uh, on Thursday. Get this man, come on, we need it big time. We do. We need this, and I think um, honestly, all of Bronco Country needs a win. Yeah, and that's that's what we need going forward. And again, and like I mentioned on the Tuesday show, look, Orange Weekly, we are going to be. Ride or die, orange and blue. We're gonna be here for you guys. We're gonna be here for the Broncos. 0 and 16 or 16 and 0. This is this is where we are. Yeah, and we uh, attitude for 116 and 16 and 0. We're not gonna do the same kind of people, but we'll still be here. No, we're, I mean, look, we're we're gonna have like five followers, but guess what? We're gonna be here regardless. <laughs> and and I'll, you know what? I I'll take it. And that's uh, that's all that matters. Ayla's mom. The other one's Kevin's dad. <laughs> you know that's great. That's great. All right, boys. Well, we'll uh, be here through and through. Exactly through and through. Okay. Well, uh, you know we'll we'll see y'all next week. Um, but until then, go Broncos. Enjoy this Thursday nighter. Um, keep your chin up, and uh, yeah, that's all I got to say. All right. Uh, go Broncos. Go Broncos. Broncos. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.